you positive heads out there. Thanks for tuning your beautiful brainwaves into another episode of the Positive Head Podcast, where we are firmly convinced that creating success and happiness is rooted in understanding the ultimate nature of reality and the fact that as human beings, we are all immensely powerful fractals of the one and only source consciousness, which creates and animates all things. Now, of course, understanding this powerful truth is one thing. Applying this incredibly empowering wisdom to everyday life? Well, that's another. Which is exactly why we provide you with a fresh serving of soul food for thought five days a week to help constantly remind you of what matters most. You are it. And I'm your host, Brandon Beecham. I'm the reflection and extension of you who will be here each Wednesday interviewing a different consciousness changemaker and on the other four weekdays, leading the way to ensure that your perspective is consistently expanded, your vibration is constantly elevated, and your heart is overflowing and full. And you guys have heard me say that if I ever run ads on the show, it will only be with a company that I fully support because I believe their intention is to make a positive difference in the world. Well, I'm pleased to announce that day has arrived and that this episode of the Positive Head Podcast is being brought to you thanks to the support of Gaia. If you're not familiar, Gaia is the go-to source for streaming consciousness content online, and you can sign up for your first month for only 99 cents at Gaia.com forward slash positive head. That's spelled G-A-I-A dot com forward slash positive head. Check it out. All right, all you positive heads, on this week's interview episode, I'm very happy to have Leon Logothetis here with me on the show. Leon is an avid adventurer who has visited more than 90 countries, has traveled to every continent on his National Geographic TV series, Adventures of a Nobody, and most recently has started shining a spotlight on the kind-hearted nature of people as they help him travel around the world on his newest show, The Kindness Diaries. Hey there, Leon. Welcome to the show, my friend. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for uh, for taking the time to uh, to stop by. Obviously, you're a busy man, so <laughs> uh, I, I want to jump right in. And I always uh, start with the same question and end with the same question. You're in an elevator. The guy next to you uh, looks over, says, "What's your passion?" You have ten floors to answer. What do you say? My passion is most certainly traveling. And my passion is uh, connecting with as many people as I can. Beautiful, beautiful passion, indeed. And, uh, well, why don't you do this, uh, if you would, Leon? Uh, take a moment and just give us a little bit of your background. How did you end up in this unique uh, un- unique life path that we're going to dig into a little bit? How, how did you get here? Well, I used to be a broker in the city of London, um, and on the inside, uh, and on the outside, I had pretty much everything you would want. Uh, on the inside, I pretty much had nothing you would want. Very depressed, no sense of purpose. Um, and uh, I found myself living someone else's life. Uh, mm. It was a good life, but it was someone else's. And I happened across the movie The Motorcycle Diaries, which is a romanticized version of Che Guevara, traveling around South America, relying on the kindness of strangers. 
And there was something right. about that movie that really touched my heart. It, it made me realize there was another way to live. I didn't have to sit behind this desk. I, I could go out and I could, I could meet the world. Um, and I decided after watching that movie, it was more t- the tipping point. That was what pushed me over the edge to quit my sure. job and to start traveling the world. That, that's, that's how it all began in a nutshell. Wonderful. Yeah, I, I've seen that movie. It is very inspiring and uh, certainly filled with with all the things adventure, you know, um, you know, all kinds of challenges. And I'm sure you have uh, faced uh, a lot of those same things that are portrayed in the movie. Certainly you've went uh, further than uh, Che Guerrero did in that movie with hitting 90 countries in every continent. That is an incredible feat, my friend. Yes, it was um, a very interesting adventure. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, why don't you tell us a little bit about that uh, adventure and uh, sort of what you what, what you came across? Now, your first show, you had uh, Adventures of Nobody. You had a, a little bit of money to work with, correct? Uh, yeah. In the first show, I, I hitchhiked across America uh, and Europe and England on five five euros a day. Um, mm-hmm. uh, that was, but relying entirely on strangers, often that small amount of money. Right, right, right. So it was sort of like your segue into the kindness diaries, which is uh, a little more extreme, right? You you relied one hundred percent on the kindness of others. Yes. So the kindness diaries, I purchased a vintage yellow motorbike with a sidecar. I called it. Kind- <laughs> yeah, I called it kindness one. Sort of like, like Air Force One. Uh, but a little, <laughs> a little less jet power? <laughs> far less jet power. <laughs> Drove it around the world from L.A. to L.A., relying on the kindness of strangers. Excellent. Well, uh, so you've been in your course of documented that in the show uh, Kindness Diaries, which is uh, on Netflix. I actually uh, caught uh, one of the episodes and tend to go back. How, how many episodes? How, how long has that project been been going on? There's 13 episodes. 13. OK, so yeah. I still have some others to see for sure. So uh, we'd, I'd love to hear a little bit about what you have what you kind of came across. I mean, some of the highlights of your of your travels. Uh, I'm sure the the uh, audience would be interested to hear if you care to share. Yeah, sure. So, you know, Danny was relying on the kinds of strangers, but there was a twist. And the twist was that unsuspecting Good Samaritans would receive a life changing gift. Um, hmm. I, couldn't, I couldn't help everyone, but in each episode, I help at least one person. Um, and I would go up to people and I would tell them what I was doing. I'm traveling around the world, relying on kindness. And you know, many people would say, no, I can't help, which is, which is fine. And some people would say, yes, I can help. Um, one of the greatest stories I have is I was in Pittsburgh and I ended up uh, walking through a park in Pittsburgh. I started chatting with this guy. Uh, and I asked him if I could stay in his house. Um, and uh, he turns around to me and says, I'm really sorry, but I'm homeless. And I didn't realize oh, wow. he was homeless. Yeah, I didn't realize he was homeless. Otherwise, of course, I wouldn't have asked him that. Um, but then he turns around and he does something pretty profound. He says, well, you know what, Leon? You can come and stay with me tonight. Uh, I'll feed you. I'll protect you. I'll give you some clothes. Um, and it was a truly profound moment. And I ended up staying uh, with him on the streets of Pittsburgh. Uh, he did everything he said he would do. 
and it was a, it was a it was a beautiful moment, and he taught me that true wealth is not in our wallets, but it's in our hearts. And if a totally homeless chap with absolutely nothing, the guy had one bag, uh, wow, could sign, then why can't all of us? Right, right, right. It's uh, it's sort of like the the story you hear of the the rich man who gives you know a uh, hundred dollars and the poor man who gives one dollar and how you know if if that's all he has it's it's a bigger gift in a sense right so uh so staying on the streets of pittsburgh huh was that uh anything uh was there anything of note that occurred was it did you feel you know I mean, how did that make you feel? I, it had to, you know, sort of put you in that, obviously, in that uh, that sort of position that you'd never been in before, uh, sort of uh, as a, a homeless person for the, for the night, if you will. Um, did you feel very vulnerable? Did you feel unsafe? Uh, or was it, you know, overall just a very positive experience? I followed my intuition. I, I felt that this chat would protect me. I felt safe with him. Otherwise, I would never have stayed there. Um, right. Because there were other moments throughout my journey where I had the chance to stay uh, with homeless people and I had the chance to stay with other people. And I, I, I said no because I didn't yeah. feel right. So right. He, he was someone who you know kept his word and uh, was truly a genuine individual who really cared about my well-being and, and right. really cared about... Uh, spending some time together and and, and 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 feeling like, you know, there was a sense of, because he had some friends as well. I mean, in the evening and the night when we were sleeping on the streets in a little uh, doorway, it was just me and him. But prior to that, he they created like a little bit of a camp and there were three or four of them. And right. there was a sense of camaraderie, um, which, was, which was quite powerful. Right. Wow. What an experience. You know, you mentioned something that... Uh, really makes me uh, think. And that is, you talked about following your intuition. I've got to imagine, you know, that someone who has has done what you've done, you've fine-tuned. I mean, would you say that your intuition has been really honed and fine-tuned. I mean, my belief, and we talk about it sometimes on the show, we've even had like intuitives or people with, you know, psychic gifts, which, you know, I personally believe all of us have to some level or another. You can even see it in the animal kingdom. Uh, But do you feel like uh, that intuition was refined and honed and, uh, you know, and, and what do you think, how important would you say that trait is in just sort of a normal everyday life for those who aren't traveling uh, all around the world? I would say that my intuition has definitely been honed. <laughs> uh, you, yeah. Can't, yeah, you can't go and experience uh, all these travels and, and meet all these people and be put in all these situations and not have an intuition that uh, is a little bit uh, uh, more honed for sure. I've had so many experiences and, and you know, hard lessons. I remember I was in... Uh, Panama many years ago. Uh, I was uh, about to cross the Panama Canal in a ship and I was in a hotel and the, the hotel people said to me, don't go out at night. And I was like, you know, whatever. I'm not going to listen. They to said you. what? I'm sorry. I didn't catch that. They said, don't go out at night. Oh, okay. And, and, and I didn't listen to them and I ended up being beaten up. Um, oh, wow. So my point for that story is that that made me like, mm, okay. You should listen to people and you should listen to what's inside. Because I was also, as I was walking, I was like, 
hmm, I feel very safe, but I keep on going. So right. It's definitely an important aspect of, of being human is to use your intuition to listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. So what what is your... What is your take? And we get into a lot of this sort of stuff on on the show, obviously. Um, but I'm curious on what's your take. Someone who's really put themselves out there uh, on you know on such a limb, if you will. Uh, what is your take on on intuition and wh- where that's coming from? What it is, sort of. What is the source of this uh, this you know sort of um, free knowing, if you will? Free knowing. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just part of who we are as humans. Uh, I, I'm not entirely sure, but I know that we all have it. Uh, it's whether we listen to it. Maybe it's just right. inbuilt in us. Uh, maybe right. it's, you know, for many thousands of years, it was how we lived. Um, you know, some of the, some of the explorers, some of the things that humans have done over the generations is pretty amazing. Some of the, you know, building the pyramids, all these kind of things, uh, you know, with, with the advent of uh, phones and, and internet and computers maybe that's dulling our intuition right yeah that's a, that's a good point you know i just uh saw or read an article where it was talking about phones and how social media literally what they're doing is is um designing it in a way where it creates it's the same as like drugs you know the infinite scroll it's like designed to keep you hooked in it's designed to in and it's giving you anxiety when you're not on it um so uh, curious about that piece of it did you on your journeys did you document uh stay sort of online or did you you know ever completely cut off from that world uh, throughout my, my journeys, I, I've done a mix. Like there have been times when I've been in the middle of nowhere with no phone, no money, no nothing. Um, right. For extended periods of time. Um, wow. I, I did a journey where I went in, I did a vision uh, fast where I went into the uh, wilderness of uh, Utah. Um, and, you know, I had nothing. I had no phone, no nothing. And it was just me. Um, and wow. it's, it's not, a, it's not an easy thing to do, but when you come out, you, you're, you're much wiser. Then there are moments yeah. where I, you know, I'm fully connected, uh, like now. Right. So, right. But, um, yeah. And then there are moments when I, I'm kind of partially connected. Right. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, um, you know, you mentioned this, the story in Panama, uh, I am, I'm curious, what is the, uh, what is the most precarious position you found yourself in? Most precarious position. Well, there, I'm sure there was some position, but I was in a precarious position and I wasn't aware of it. But, right, uh, right. The most precarious position, um, I was, there was a situation where I was driving uh, through India and a couple of days after I uh, left that precise spot, a bomb went off. But again, that I wasn't there in that moment. Um, right. There were... There was an instance in Indianapolis when I was in downtown Indianapolis uh, very late at night, and uh, I was stopped by this chap. Let's call him an entrepreneur of the evening. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, he wouldn't let me leave. It sounds bizarre, but you know, every time I tried to leave, he wouldn't. And for half an hour, he kind of just sat there rambling, and every time I tried to move, he would, he would block me. I had to end up uh, getting someone's attention to call the police. Um, I've had moments there was a moment in Romania where the, the Romanians are not particularly good drivers 
And if I receive any hate mail from Romanians for that comment, you're lovely human beings, but you're not very good drivers, I'm afraid. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, we're driving in like this little small town, and someone went down the wrong way on a one-way street and crashed into us, and we could have ended really badly. So, yeah, there were moments. There were bad moments, but you know, you learn from them as long as they don't take you out completely. Right, right. How about the the flip side of that coin? Is there any particular moment that stands out as your most rewarding, uh, you know, re- most rewarding time? And I, I know that's probably a tough question because I'm sure there's a bunch. But is there anything in particular that that stands out to you? I mean, you know, there are so many moments, so many moments from the Times Diaries show uh, from beyond. I mean, one of the moments from the Times Diaries shows, I ended up um, in uh, an Indian slum in Delhi. Um, and on the outside, these guys have nothing. I mean, practically nothing. Yet on the mm-hmm. inside, they're so rich in so many ways. Uh, I right. ended up sleep, sleeping um, in, a, in, a, in the slum in an Indian house. Um, and I met these guys, and, and they, it was just such a beautiful experience. Played cricket, uh, just did so many, you know, so many connectivity things where you're connecting on a human to human level. Right, right. So I, I, you know, one of the things that, uh, of course, is a big part of your journeys is uh, gifting and giving and sort of opening up that that channel with people in a way that really few people have. Right. We have all done uh, gifts to family on maybe birthday or or holidays, Christmas. Right. But uh, when you start interacting with people on, you know, such a broad level and and uh, exploring this whole idea of gifting, giving and receiving, you know, it, it made me think when I was watching, uh, you know, uh, The Kindness Diaries. Uh, a friend of mine, Halcyon, talks about uh, gifting a lot. Uh, you know, he's a big part of the Burning Man uh, community. If you're familiar uh, with Burning Man, it's, you know, in, in the desert in Nevada one week a year, and there's nothing there except you can't buy anything. It's all a gifting culture, and, uh, you know, everyone's sh- sort of sharing, and it creates this very interesting dynamic. And one of the things that, you know, hearing him discuss it, he talked about, uh, you know, when you buy something, for example, an exchange where there's money, uh, it's it's a sum zero. You know, I give you something, you give me something, it's a sum zero. But when you actually gift something and you're gifting it from the heart with, you know, very pure intent, not with, you know, some sort of ulterior motive, it's, it's a sum two because... You know, actually, as I gift something to someone, uh, I, I'm re- I'm releasing all these endorphins and everything in my brain. It's this incredible, you know, incredibly positive, uh, enriching, uh, uplifting experience. Not only for me, for the person that is the recipient of the gift, and really, I would say it's all. I take it a step f- further and say it's a sum three because if anyone has witnessed that act of kindness, if you will, uh, it uh, re- releases endorphins. For them, and they have the same sort of experience, even though they're not directly involved in the exchange. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm curious on your thoughts on that. And would you would you find that uh, having done it on such a grand scale, <laughs> if you would if you would uh, agree with that that perspective? Look, I would definitely agree that when you give something to someone, you feel better. Yeah, uh, and and it's a beautiful thing to be able to to give to someone to be able to. Make someone's life a little bit better. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be a massive gift. It can be something small. That that's the beauty of it. How you right, show a smile. Up. 
Yeah. How you show up in the world matters. How you show up on a daily basis matters. Making a commitment to becoming a better human being and sharing those gifts with other people matter. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and this sort of gets into my, you know, my uh, philosophy on the ultimate nature of reality, if you will. And it's something we talk a lot about on the show. Um, and, it, you know, my theory and belief is that it's all extensions of self. There's really only one of us in the room, ultimately, or on the road. It's uh, the same. The consciousness that animates your form is the same consciousness that animates my form. And this is why uh, giving feels so good. And I even go as far to say, is you'll always find your true purpose in life where well what will be the most fulfilling purpose right there's many things a person could do they could be a broker or whatever right but the most fulfilling purpose is always going to involve giving in some way because in actuality there are no others you're always giving to self and and this creates this sort of uh feedback loop of self-love in in, in a sense curious what you think uh, about that concept um, I, I, I think that when you do give to someone else, you certainly do give to yourself as well. Um, so I've never heard that to be honest, but it, it, mm-hmm. it, it, it feels, it feels right because, mm-hmm. you know, when I'm giving to someone else or when, when I'm present with someone else and someone else is feeling good, uh, then I feel good. Yeah, it's one of those things, you know, uh, Leon, on the show, we go pretty deep down the rabbit hole of, you know, some sort of metaphysical and mystical experiences and things like that on on a lot of the, the shows and on the daily shows where I don't have an interview and I just explore a lot of those, what I call, you know, exploring the ultimate nature of reality and my theories on them. So it's uh, it's. It's always interesting for me to even communicate with someone who who maybe doesn't necessarily, you know, take those same perspectives or have had those. Like you said, I haven't really ever considered that sort of uh, idea, but um, it's it's always interesting for me to see uh, sort of, uh, I guess, some level of what I would consider evidence to these theories in you know, just everyday life and exchanges. And uh, it's one that I always will say to people, you know, be open-minded to the idea. I always say, you know, there are no others. Everywhere you go, you're there waiting for yourself. It's all an extension of you. And, you know, the big sort of um, cosmic gag, if you will, is we think there are others, but when in actuality, it's always a reflection vibrationally in some way of self. So everything you bump up against is, is, is a mirror, right? And um, so it's just, you know, it's something we talk a lot about on the show and something that I always encourage anyone who maybe hasn't explored uh, something as maybe as radical as that is, you know, it's something to consider and play with as you sort of go through your exchanges, you know, play with just, you know, with an open mind with the idea that, hmm, okay, this is literally another me in disguise. And uh, I find that uh, you can have some really, really powerful uh, experiences when, when you sort of approach reality from that that perspective um so definitely relate to that you know there's there's certainly um when you when you connect with someone else there's always something in them that that relates to you and look we're all human beings and we all came from ultimately the same place so we may be a bit different and maybe a bit unique but ultimately a base we're the same um so what i see in you i see in me and when you see something like I had a wise man once said to me, because I, I, I'm a, a big fan of certain historical figures, for example, Winston Churchill, Martin Luther King, Gandhi, 
And I would always say to him, I'd say, wow, these people are amazing, they're amazing. I, I wish I was like them. And he'd always turn around to me and say, the only reason you feel like they are amazing is because what's in them is actually in you. Um, Great. Yeah, that was a profound lesson he taught me. Oh, yeah, I love that. That's such a such a beautiful uh, you know, beautiful concept. And, you know, one of the things that uh, I really, uh, I really like, and I can't remember where I saw it, uh, but obviously you've, you've exemplified this in, in your life and the path that you've chosen, this sort of can do mentality. You know, if you think you can, then you can, if you think you can't, you know, whether, you know, Henry Ford said it best, I think, whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. And so I'd be curious, you know, what your sort of perspective is or your advice to people who are out there and they're they're at that broker job they're you know scared to take the 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 step off the the ledge if you will to do something and put themselves out there and obviously you've done that you've been there done that got the t-shirt right so uh what what is your advice for someone who is maybe where you were at that you know all those years ago uh, look, I, I would say that it's it's not an easy place to be. It's very easy for me to sit here and say, well, just go and do it. Yeah? Right. But it's much harder to actually do. And, and, and the gift that I received that enabled me to, to actually go out and change things was pain. Because I mm. felt I was in so much pain, emotional pain, that it was it forced me to take action. Had I not been in that level of pain... I would never have left. I would have stayed still. So sometimes, you know, we're like, mm, we don't want pain. But, you know, sometimes it's a good thing because if it can inspire you to make that that, that leap, that change, then it, it's actually uh, you, you, you can utilize it to create good. You can utilize it to change your circumstances instead of wallowing in it. That doesn't mean that, uh, you know, you shouldn't feel it. Feel it. Right. Open yourself up to it. Let it flow through you. Yeah, I think that's a very uh, important point is, you know, oftentimes we'll look at pain or hardship as this bad thing when really it's uh, oftentimes exactly what we need to lead us to the next greatest and grandest version of ourselves, right? The lump of coal is essentially a diamond in disguise at, at some point, at some time, at some level is what I kind of encourage people to to uh consider and uh you know and and it's that pain that that fuels us oftentimes so i i couldn't agree with you more on that all right well now seems like a good moment to take a quick minute to tell those of you who aren't familiar a bit about our sponsor gaia i've been a big fan of gaia for many years now which is why they're the only content provider i've ever reached out to in regards to potentially supporting this podcast so needless to say i'm very excited they're now supporting the show Gaia truly is my personal go-to source for streaming consciousness content on the web. They have an incredible 7,000-plus exclusive videos covering 5,000 years of wisdom. Just to give you an example, on the show Missing Links, the incredible researcher Greg Braden explores all the biggest questions concerning who we are, where we come from, where we're going, by connecting the missing links between science and spirituality to complete our understanding of humanity's history and to better understand the interconnectedness of all things. Awesome, right? And that's just one example. As you guys constantly hear me say, it's a daily conscious effort to maintain an elevated vibration. And if you're looking to go deep down the rabbit hole to do so, then Gaia is the best place I know of to do it, period. 
And you can sign up for your first month for only 99 cents at Gaia.com forward slash positive head. That's spelled G-A-I-A dot com forward slash positive head. Check it out. You've done some other interesting sort of uh, experiments with travel as well. You did uh, free cab rides in a vintage taxi. <laughs> can you tell us about that one? Yes. So I... I, I grew up in London, and uh, obviously I've taken many black cabs, which is what they're called in London. And um, I'd always had this like desire to be a cabbie, which I, I don't know where that came from. So um, <laughs> I, I love adventure, and I love connecting with people. So I came up with this really interesting adventure where I was going to uh, buy a vintage London taxi. I was going to call it the Kindness Cab. And I was going to drive across America giving free cab rides to people. Um, and everyone, everyone who came into the cab, the meter was running, but the, they didn't have to pay for it. Uh, and at the end, I, I, I gave money to charity. But the journey was amazing because, A, the cab kept breaking down, which is just usually <laughs> when you buy a 30-year-old cab, these things happen. And these mm-hmm. are the people that I met, you know, from picking up uh, mothers who are picking their kids up from – Picking up um, old, old, um, older people in, in retirement homes and taking them to buy them ice creams. You could you could call me on the kindness cab hotline. You could uh, that's awesome. Re- re- request a um, a pickup from Twitter or Facebook, and it was just it was just an interesting adventure, I must say. Well, wow, that's like puts puts an idea that I had on steroids uh, m- many years ago. Speaking of Bernie Man, uh, I was at that uh, event and um, and I had a little um, little uh, electric bike that I'd turned into a pterodactyl, and uh, so it looked like a pterodactyl kind of flying around the playa of the desert there. And so I would spend my days a lot of times uh, with uh, calling it pterodactyl taxi, and I'd go around and you know taxi people who are walking because sometimes if you didn't have something some kind of transport out there, it's really big. You could walk you know from side to side; it'd take you over an hour probably. So I would I would go around with pterodactyl taxi. Uh, I think uh, that is a uh, a very small example relevant uh, experience that I had. So I can only imagine. So did you, did you um, actually just go from city to city and then just post online? Hey, I'm in this town who needs a ride kind of thing. Basically. Yes. Some, some, were random, but basically, yes, that's what happened. Very, very cool. What a fun, fun idea. And how long did it take you to sort of complete the taxi journey? It took, it took about three weeks. Wow. So what are some of the common, I mean, obviously you've mixed it up with hundreds of people, if not more at this point on your journeys. Um, what are some of the, the common themes that you notice in, in, in people? Was there any kind of, kind of common thread as you get into different cultures and different areas and different, you know, you're in the deep South, you're in, you know, New York city, you're overseas in India, you're, you know, is there anything that stuck out to you as, sort of uh, common common themes uh yes i mean to me the greatest theme was the universality of the human experience in the sense that everyone simply just wants to be seen and what do mm. i mean being seen by being seen i mean everyone just wants to be heard everyone just wants to be loved it doesn't matter what color you are it doesn't matter what religion you are it doesn't matter what country you live in it doesn't matter what um 
political viewpoint you have at base raw humanness. We just want to be seen. Um, right. As I was uh, uh, spending time in the slums in India, you know, there was a mother who was uh, saying goodbye in the morning. There was a mother who was saying goodbye to her two kids, you know, an eight, ten-year-old kid. And I was sitting there looking at that and thinking to myself, that's exactly the same love and and understanding mm. and, and desire that a mother in Ohio has when she says goodbye to her kids. And right. That was one of the greatest things that I learned that that we tend to. To put ourselves in into like little tribes, and, and and the other tribe is wrong, and blah blah blah. Well, you know, ultimately, at base, you're all human beings, and we're all the same, and we all we all just want to be seen. Mm. Yeah, that's it's so profound, and it's it's it really, you know, it's so profound, but also so simple. I mean, it's like kind of like yes, of course. Yet we, you know, I, I saw this. It makes me think of this experiment I saw a few years ago where they took um, they took a, a kid. Uh, and dressed him up like he was homeless, begging or what have you, and real dirty and, you know, tattered clothes. And people were get, didn't really give him the time of day, you know, or if they did, it was very minimal. It, then you took, they took the same kid, they cleaned him up, they, they made him, you know, dressed him real nice and kind of put him in the same position. He's there looking around like he doesn't have any adult supervision and people are all over him. Oh, where's your mom? How, you know, how can I help you? What, you know, what's, what's happened here? So uh, to me, that was like uh, really powerful to see and realize how we sort of create these filters uh, on how we view people based off of uh, how they're dressed, right? It's, it's insane when at the end of the day, it was the same little kid just in different, you know, different uh, outfit and a little, a little cleaned up. Yeah, it's, it's that, that I, actually, I've heard that story before and it's a pretty... It's a pretty interesting story. It's kind of how um, it's 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 a very interesting story. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It, it says a lot. And uh, so, anytime we're looking at someone who is homeless and making any sort of prejudgments about, like, you know, the idea, the concept that you know, oh well, they're they're homeless, and so they don't feel the same way we do, or it don't matter as much. It's like, no, uh, you know, what you were saying. It's like they're the exact same on the inside. And you know, if anything, deserve love and need love more. Obviously, they're they're hurting in some way, right? So and. And, or going without or whatever the issue is who, who knows it could be circumstances that led them there that was certainly not because they were lazy or you know what have you there's a lot of uh, wild you know extenuating circumstances that people come across and yet we can walk by you know as a, as a general rule and sort of make these snap judgments which are just uh you know just off basis <laughs> yeah i'll tell you a story so uh, i i uh, i live in santa monica and okay I- I was just sitting sitting down on one of the benches, and I saw this uh, homeless chap crossing the road. And mm-hmm. he looked a little bit terrible. I could sense that he just felt totally... I could sense that no one was paying him any attention. It was as if he did not exist. Um, right. So I decided in that moment to go up and start talking to him. And it turned out his name was Herbert. And uh, we got chatting for like 10, 15 minutes. Um, and, and I didn't end up giving him anything materialistic. But what I wanted him to know, what, what I wanted him to receive was that he mattered. And that I didn't want him to feel yeah. like everyone else was just ignoring him, which they were. And don't get me wrong. There were times I, 
I walk past homeless people all the day and I ignore them. But in this right. moment, I just wanted him to to feel uh, like there was another individual who was looking him in the eyes and and making him feel like he was important. Right. Right. And I'm sure it just lit him up and probably changed his whole demeanor, everything about the energy you were getting previously. It, it most certainly did. And, and that was what I wanted. That was my aim, just to make him feel like there was a level of importance within him. Right, right. And that's the thing that's so beautiful about that sort of behavior. It doesn't cost you anything. And of course, you came away feeling like a million bucks. He's completely, you completely changed his day would be my guess. And this is something that we all have the ability within us to do. And I would even go so far as to say, if we set the intention of, okay, I want to, you know, universe, I want to uh, uplift someone's day-to-day, uh, which, by the way, will uplift my day-to-day. Uh, so uh, deliver me those circumstances. And what I found is when you play with you know, the universe in that way, uh, you'll get some interesting results and, and interesting opportunities. So um, I think that's a, a, a wonderful example. Uh, that you shared there. And, you know, one of the things that you, you also talk a, a little bit about is uh, the, the idea of the inner rebel. Uh, can you, can you talk a little bit on that concept? Sure. The inner rebel is just the part of you that, that, that says, I'm going to go out into the world and I'm going to make the best of my life. I'm going to inspire people and I'm not going to listen to other, other people's conditioning and society's conditioning. And I'm going to go and rebel uh, against uh, against against the world, not in like a you know causing havoc kind of way, right? But in a way where you're going to make the most of your time on this earth, and and that rebel turns around and says, "Enough! I've had enough of being small. I've had enough right. of, of of living in a way that's conducive to society, but not conducive to to, to my goals." Right. Right. Yeah. I. I I think everyone can relate, has at least heard that voice at some level. And some of us have, you know, maybe repressed it more than others, but it seems to be certainly a common theme with people that listen to this show. It's like, you know, that, that voice that continues to grow louder and louder on how can I, how can I uh, live a life that is more fulfilling and sort of make some level of difference, you know, and it doesn't mean you got to do something super grandiose, as we talked about a moment ago, even if it's something very small, you know, um, that, that just seems to be a common theme that uh, everyone uh, can resonate with at some level, I believe. Uh, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, some people come and say to me, say, Leon, you know what? I don't know. I can't just quit my job or I can't take a yellow motorbike and go around the world. I can't give people these big gifts. And I say, it's, it, that's not the message of the show. That's not the message I, of, the, of, the yellow, of, the, of the taxi. The message is how you show up in the world matters. And you can do that every day. You can do that when you walk uh, down the street. You can do that when you go to Starbucks and, and, you, and you, you're kind to the barista. Mm. You can do that on any basis. That's the message. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, for those who, of course, are trying to make that transition, uh, the quit, quitting the job thing, and, you know, we've touched on this a few times, but I, now you've written a few books, right? Uh, and one, uh, a roadmap to the life you are meant to live. Uh, you know, how would you say someone 
uh, uncovers this. Can you give us sort of a synopsis of, of the book? Yeah, so basically the book is all the lessons I've learned on the road. Um, and kind of my aim is to disseminate those lessons and, and share them with, with, with the readers. Uh, I've been very fortunate. I've, I've traveled extensively. I've met many inspiring people. I've met many teachers. And they've uh, enabled me to live the life I live today. And I wouldn't be here in this capacity had I not met those people. So the book is really a way to go out into the world and to find your dreams. And for example, one of the first um, parts of the book is to locate your big dream. Everyone has a big dream, but most of us are like, ah, you know, the big dream's not going to happen. Now. You know, what's the point? Right, right. You know, what's the point of even talking about it? But if you write it down without judgment and, and, and you give it voice and, and you share it with someone safe and someone who's not going to um, put you down, it, it takes on a life of its own. So there's little things like that. One of the first things is to write down your big dream. And then I try and guide you, guide you not in a preachy way, because I have no PhDs. I'm, I, 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 I have no you know, qualifications per se, but I try and help to guide based on my experiences how to get to that point of, of living your dream. For example, the next step of after you know, writing your big dream is sometimes you've got to take a risk. Sometimes, you know, little small baby steps, but you've got to take that leap of faith. And it's, I think it was Martin Luther King. I'm going to butcher this uh, quote, but he said something <laughs> like, when you jump, the net will appear or something like that. Um, and that's scary to do. But if you can do it and if you can take people along with you who, who can help you, it's, it's a life changing moment. Yeah, that reminds me of a quote that I, I, I literally read at least once a week on this show uh, by Terrence McKenna that's simple, very similar uh, to that. And uh, basically, how, how I'll sum it up because it's kind of a longer quote and I don't have it pulled up in front of me, but basically says, you know, when you jump off the cliff, you ultimately will find it's a feather bed. And, I, you know, maybe that's a little um, kind of uh, glamorizing because there is, of course, going to be all kinds of the bumps along the way but in the end i mean compared to the life you were living before i would say it's it's safe i'm, I'm hopefully safely assuming it is a feather bed uh comparatively with the amount of uh reward gratification uh life purpose that you feel is that fair to say definitely and, and i don't want people to think like i said it's easy for me to sit here now oh just yeah jump off a cliff Look, right. uh, you know, jump off a cliff and the angels <laughs> will pick you up. I mean, you know, right, right, right. It doesn't, work, it doesn't ultimately work that way. But to get to that point where you jump off a cliff, you have to have some faith. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big one. Yeah, I would say that's a, a huge one for people under, you know, finding that faith. And it's something that I talk about all the time. You've really got to find a way. You got to believe that you are worthy, uh, that you you know, you're worthy of, of more and that there is whatever, you know, we can get into sort of the deep discussion. I do it all the time and I don't think we'll do it on this episode, but we can get into deep discussion about sort of what is going on, the inner workings of the ultimate nature of reality. And what is this benevolent force that apparently sort of lifts people up who, you know, uh, fortune favors the bold. Uh, it's another one that kind of it, it makes the same point, um, that quote, but 
you know, whatever this force is, you know, finding that belief in yourself, however you define it, however you refer to it, you know, uh, whether it's God, whether it's your higher self, whether it's, you know, whatever the universe, there's something that appears to uh, lift people up who are willing to sort of take that faith and take be willing to kind of, uh, as Eleanor Roosevelt said, do something every day that makes you uncomfortable, put themselves out on, on the edge a little bit at a time, maybe not the big dive off all at once, but kind of continue to, to take steps in that direction, um, is, is, you know, my perception on on the whole thing. Yeah, no, that, that resonates. It definitely resonates. So, one of the questions, uh, you know, that I always love to go to uh, is if from my guests is getting any story of synchronicity uh, or serendipity along, uh, you know, along their life's journey. Something that appears to line up that uh, is sort of like a, uh, as uh, I believe it's Carl Jung uh, defined synchronicity as a meaningful coincidence. Um, do you have any good stories of synchronicity that you'd, you'd like to share? Yes, I do. There was a moment on the on the Kindness Diaries uh, when I just arrived in um, in Las Vegas, and I walked down to I think it was downtown. I was in downtown. I was walking mm-hmm. around, just kind of connecting with people, and I started chatting with this uh, with this chap. He had a really large beard. I if my if I don't if my memory serves correct, and what I'm doing journey says wow posted today about kindness i just posted this this really powerful kindness and here you are telling me that you're traveling around the world relying entirely on the kindness of strangers so i think that's a pretty powerful uh, moment of synchronicity yeah you know that was in the very what's great about it too that was in your very first episode the one that i i uh, had the pleasure of watching and i that's immediately came to my mind of course because i i love stories of synchronicity obviously and so as soon as i saw that i'm like whoa that is awesome right at the very first leg of your journey you go up to this guy and you know of course you're the kindness diary guy and he just posted how kindness is the key like to everything and i forget exactly what his quote was but essentially that's what he you know it, it used the word kindness and illustrating how important it was so uh how how cool to then here's the manifestation of that uh, sort of incarnate right as you walk up to him and then you ended up staying with him and connecting with his family and the whole thing right yeah it was it was a it was a beautiful moment it was a beautiful evening and i still stay in touch with him actually his name is maurice um, when i get oh Vegas, wow that's that's awesome. So, and you know, to take it even further, now he's a part of your life ongoing. That's that's pretty amazing. What a what a cool story, and what a cool start to your your you know your journey. What a lot of people will suggest, and I believe is you know these synchronicities are are sort of winks from the universe that up oh, you're on a, you're on a good path. You're on you're doing what you should be doing, and uh, that's certainly how I take them. Speaking of, and I can even elaborate a little bit on the synchronicity of you being on the show. So there is uh, quite a few. Few listeners to the Positive Head podcast uh, have been inspired to go, you know, from me and and other places, of course, uh, but um, to start their own podcast. And one of those uh, individuals is a guy named Ethan Sherritt, who just. Uh, 
lived also in LA, uh, managed uh, apartment building there, just quit the job, is going out, uh, what do you know, on the road with his one and a half year old baby though, um, to just mix it up with people, stay with, uh, you know, his, his aim is to stay with uh, Positive Head listeners around the country. And actually he's creating his own podcast called Joyful, uh, F-U-L-L. Uh, so kind of your double meaning there, joyful. And uh, connecting with people and just getting their, you know, sort of ordinary people's lives and perspectives as he travels, you know, in a somewhat similar fashion to you. So that just occurred to me as we were about to start recording today. I'm like, okay, interesting. This guy, Ethan, just, uh, you know, uh, kind of posted on our, our Facebook group, uh, Positive Heads, uh, that he was going to do this journey and actually, uh, you know, asking if he could stay with people, you know, all over the place. And, uh, of course, I said, oh, that's so awesome. I would love to have you, you know, before you, as you start out your journey, come down and, and we should meet up. And so I actually yesterday afternoon met Ethan in person. Amazing guy. Actually, it'd be great for you. Maybe you could, it'd be kind of perfect for you to be on a show. Um, so perhaps that should, uh, that should happen. Link you guys up if that's in the flow for you both. But, um, yeah, such a, so there's a little bit of synchronicity right there and that I just met with this, uh, you know, what I would say extension of self that is, uh, doing something very similar to you. And here I am talking to you about, you know, you're on the, and on the other end, he's on the very front end of his journey, just quit the job, just about to leave town, you know, the nerves and everything intact. <laughs> Wow, that's an amazing story. Yeah, synchronicity is something that uh, I get to see a lot of. When you put yourself out into the world, things happen. You know, things yeah. that you would just be like, logically, how could that be? Right. And, you know, what I find is the more you, you sort of pay attention to that, the more, of course, where attention goes, energy flows. The more you pay attention to it, the more it appears. You know, the more it appears, the more you pay attention to it. Kind of that that very uh, positive feedback loop that is uh, gives you the, the, the warm feels, the fuzzy, warm fuzzy feels, you know, uh, when it happens. So I, I love it, obviously. And, um, and, and oh, we'll just add it, take it one step further. I synchronistically today am uh, just before uh, I just this just hit me right now uh, right before we started recording uh, my friend uh, new friend Noah Lambert has a podcast called synchronicity and he uh, I interviewed with him maybe three weeks ago and he just posted and I shared it right before <laughs> we jumped on this this recording this call uh, the, me being on the synchronicity podcast so there you go it comes all kinds of ways there's many layers to the to the onion. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so, uh, Leon, what, what is next for you, man? You've done so much, so much cool stuff. What, what, what's, what's next up? Well, I'm working on a, a new season of the kindness diaries where I'll be going around the world in an electric car called kindness Two. Um, I love it. A little more protection from the elements. <laughs> uh, it'll be more comfy to sleep in the back of Kindness 2 than Kindness 1. Let's put it that way. Right, um, right. <laughs> and also I will be uh, doing a speaking tour across America to businesses, schools, and just sharing the power of kindness. I love that. That is amazing. So for, for those who would like to catch you on that tour, what's the best way to connect and to sort of follow your, your progress and, and yeah. journey? Yeah, Obviously the, best, the show. Yeah. The best way is to Facebook or Twitter me or send me an Instagram message. And uh, I'm open to, to coming to pretty much anywhere within the U S. 
Wonderful, wonderful. Well, that should be exciting to, to see unfold. When, when does that uh, kick off? It starts in August. Excellent, excellent. Not too, not too far away. Well, uh, Leon, this has been absolutely fascinating to connect with you. You're such an inspiration, my friend. I, I really, really appreciate you taking the time to, to share your, your perspective. And I feel like anytime I hear a story like this, it just gives you, you know, it adds a little bit more of yes, I can uh, mentality to, well, for me, for the listeners, you know, for those who want to do more, uh, want to have more adventure in their life. And uh, so I really, I really honor you for doing what it is that you're doing. You're, you're making a real difference. Um, I, I do have one last question I'd like to leave you with. I always uh, open with the same question, end with the same question. And uh, so the question I'd like to, to leave you with, uh, in 60 seconds or less, what is the meaning of life uh, according to Leon? <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> yeah, no pressure. You know, the small questions. I, yeah. <laughs> the meaning of life, the meaning of life is uh, that when you leave this world, that uh, you can look back and think that you've, made a difference that you've touched mm. someone's life in a positive way that you've gone out and lived fully then you can look back at 95 or 93 or however old you may be and um think i lived and other yeah. people's lives are better because of it and my life was full because i lived mm. yeah that is so powerful so true and uh leon thank you my friend this has been such an honor. I look forward to watching you continue to spread the kindness. And, uh, you know, if there's any way I can ever assist, I'd certainly love to uh, cross paths with you on your journey. Cool. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Thank you for being here until next time. Journey. Well, my friend. Well, everyone, that concludes this week's interview episode. If you have enjoyed this positive download from our hearts and minds to yours, please Take a minute, give us a rating or review on iTunes, since iTunes is the holy grail of all things podcasting. Uh, your good reviews help us to reach more listeners. Also, we would be extremely appreciative if you would tell your friends and family about the show. Our sincere intent with the Positive Head podcast is to spread positivity to the world because, well, because we're selfish, quite honestly. Uh, I say that jokingly, but really only halfway joking. I'm referring to the good kind of selfish based on the knowing that we all get what we give in this life because when we give, we're actually always giving to extensions of self since we're all really one in the same consciousness, just in different bodies. So if you want to be a good selfish along with us by helping to spread the positivity, by all means, please proceed to shout about the Positive Head podcast from your rooftop. <laughs> Otherwise. As you continue on your fabulous journey in this 3D reality, be sure to remember this. As long as you ain't dead, you're already positive ahead. Journey well, everyone, and thank you for being.